0: But um, I think packed with questions also, a lot of problems over here in, in a lot of the basics, the basic themes that run through the parsha. Shamois, va'era boy, we have a trilogy, a quadrilogy, all these parshas go together. And there's a lot of there's the a basics, basic themes that run through these parshas. When you try to when we stop and slow down, and pay attention to a few key details, there's a, the, a lot of problems. A lot of problems in the sequence, a lot of problems trying to just put things together over here. And let's point out some of them that seem to be parallel, independent problems, but, but may, in fact, have what to do with each other. So first of all, we know va'era begins where Shemais exactly ended, and that's with HaKadosh Baruchin getting upset with Moshe. Yibaisa was far-ta'ina than Moshe. What happens? Shemais, there's a whole dialogue, all this negotiating going on back and forth between Moshe and the Yibayn Sholeilam. wants Moshe to go and be the Moshe. Moshe refuses, 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 keeps coming with argument after argument, t- ta'ina after ta'ina, all week they spend on this back and forth until Moshe finally, um, he finally concedes, he finally agrees, he gives in, he tells the Revenshim, okay, I'll go do it. He goes to Pyro at the end of Shemais, he says, okay, Pyro, I'm here on a mission from God. Let my people go. Let the out of Adam let them go. Mm-hmm. What does Pyro say? Nothing doing, nothing doing, Moshe. Nothing doing. I'm not letting them out. And Zois, The work gets harder. They have to gather their own straw. And uh, Paris says, "I'm not. I'm not giving it. I'm. 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 Very sorry, you know. It's it was a nice idea. Nice idea. I hear you coming from Moshe, but but we're not letting the yidden out. So um, Moshe goes back to Hakadosh Baruch at the end of Shemais with complaints. And he says, Look, you told me to let the Yidna out. Not only pardon, didn't let them out, you didn't save them. Maish is very dramatic at the end of Shemaish. Why, why, why have you done so, so, so much wrong to this nation? why did you send me? why did you send me to try to get power to let the Jews out? Look, things only got worse. And you have not saved the yidn. You didn't save them. Why? Why, Why 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 did you send me? So Ivan Shim says back. This is the last the concluding Posik of Shema. He's at the Tira You ain't seen nothing yet. Don't worry. We got big things in store for Pyro. With a lot of signs, a lot of wonders. They're going to leave Mitzrayim. There's going to be 10 plagues, 10 Makkahs. Just, just wait, Moshe, wait and see. That's where Shemais ends. And Va'ira begins in the same place where a recap of this, of this, um, of this dialogue. And as Rashi points out, at the beginning of Va'ira, Hashem is, is still upset with Moshe. Hashem is upset with, with the Moshe questioning him. And he says, I appeared to the office in the name of Kelshakai. They never saw Yudke Vavke, I never appeared in that name, but Rashi, what Rashi explains over here, is um, I made a lot of promises and they, they, I never fulfilled them, and they never complained to me. I promised Avram that um, that uh, he would inherit, he would inherit um, Eretz Yisrael. I promised this to Yitzchak. I promised this to Yaakov. Says Rashi, I made them so many promises. And um, I promised all of the marriage to Yisrael. And they, never, they, they didn't see the fulfillment of those promises. When Avram wanted to bury Soros, says Rashi, quoting HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he had to go buy a burial plot in the very land that I promised to him. Yitzchak got pushed around. They stole the, the, the wells from him, all these wells that he dug in his land that was promised to him. Yaakov also had to buy a plot of land. is Yaakov, he had to buy a plot of land in Shechem. They never complained once. The others didn't complain once. I promised Ab Yitzchak and Yaakov, Eretz and each of them had a deal on the land as if they were foreigners and strangers. Even though this land was promised to them, they never complained. You, Moshe, you go to Paro. And Paro refused to let the yanat immediately I hear complaints. I hear complaints. As Rashi explains in the second approach that he has over here. Let me show you what Avnitzch and Yaakov were like. I made them promises too and they didn't complain. You, Maisha, I make you one promise. You don't see that promise fulfilled and you complain to me. Okay, so that's the end of Shemais, the beginning of Era. Maisha is dispatched on the mission. He goes to Paro. Paro doesn't let the and He complains HaKadosh Baruch What's going on over here? There's the, a the, the problem on Moshe's end of things and a problem on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's end of things. There's a problem on both ends over here. Major, major, major problem. The problem on Moshe's end is, why is Moshe complaining? What, what, what's going on exactly? Moshe is sent by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to tell Paro to let the Yidin out. In the end of Shemais, Paro refuses. Moshe comes back to Hashem and says, Lama zeshul tani" They all hey I was a Hakadosh Baruch you sent me to let the hidden out to, to, to send them out, and Pyro didn't send them out. Hashem told Moshe that Paro wasn't going to send them out. Moshe was already foretold this. Moshe was given a nevuah by Hakadosh Baruch earlier in Shemayz that you're going to go to Paro, you're going to ask Pyro to let the hidden out, and says the Rabbana Shalaylam. I know he's not going to listen to you. He's not going to listen to you. He tells that Beferish to What does he say? Let's see it all together. He says like this. He says. He says like this. Let's see this all together. Let's see this together. He is in Shemayis when, when Akados Baruch was still so talking to Moshe and getting him to go. So go, you're going to go to the Kli, you're going to go to gather the, the Sanhedrin. You can tell the Sanhedrin, Palkad, Palkaditi, good, they'll listen to, they'll listen to you. And then, uBasa Atzav Ziknei Yisrael, Amelch Mitzrayim, you're going to go with the Sanhedrin to the Zikanim, I'm said to the to Paro, Bamar Temaylov, you can tell Paro, Hashem Elokei Yisroel, Nicroi Hashem has visited us. VaAtzav Nelchon, Naderek Shloishis Yomim Bamidbar, Paro, we want to go on a three-day journey in the desert. And go sacrifice, bring a, bring a sacrifice to, ha- to our God. Says Hashem to I know, ki He's not going to let you go. He's not going Oh, sure, no problem. Go for it, go leave. No, He's not going to let you go. The He's not going to let you go until I destroy Mitzrayim. Explains Rashi. He's not going to let you go until I display my yad I'm going to smash Mitzrayim to pieces with signs and wonders. That's when he's going to let them go. So before Moshe even gets to power, Hashem has told him explicitly that power is not going to listen to you. And you're not going to leave until there's been 10 Makkahs, until Mitzrayim has been smashed to pieces. He knows that, he's heard that, and he's fully aware of that. And what happens? He goes at the end of Shemois. He tells Paro it's time to... A uh, mission from God, a message from God. Let the Yidin go. Paro says, no. He jacks up the Avod a notch. And but the Yidin, don't, don't leave Mitzrayim. And, and Moshe comes back to Paro. And to He says, Reboshim, why'd you send me? I you you're the You are supposed to let the Yidin out. Paro was supposed to let them out. He didn't let them out. Moshe, I just told you. I just told you one parak ago that he's not going to let them out right away. And he's not going to let them out until I have the opportunity to send all my Makkahs to the tribe. Have there been any Makkahs yet, Misha? No, no, Makkahs, not even one Makkah. And Parah did refuse. I told you he was going to refuse. What's Meisha's complaint, Hakar Well, he was upset that the Avodah got harder. If you look at the Pesukim, I mean, that, that maybe does disturb him that the Avodah got harder. But he says, Hatzalahit Zalta. His main complaint is that they haven't gone out yet. Hatzalahit You didn't save them. He knows they're not supposed to be saved yet. He knows it's supposed to be Ted It's Mama Shappella. What What's, what's Misha's complaint at the end of Shema'is? What does he not know, that, you know that, that, uh, that, that, that didn't yet happen? What was he not aware of? He was fully aware, he was fully told and, and foretold that this was all going to happen. And to make matters worse, there's a funny thing going on with the Rebayin reply as well. If you're the Rebayin Shalom, let's pretend... Maybe some of us don't need to pretend. If you're the Rebinish and you told Moshe, Baby, you told Moshe that, you know what, you're going to ask Power to let the Jews go, and Power's going to say no, he's going to refuse, he's going to be very mean, very, very, very mean. He's going to say, I will not let them go, no, no, no. And things may even get worse before they get better, and there's going to be 10 marks before they go. If I tell that to Moshe, I'm the Rebinish, I tell that to Moshe, and Moshe comes back to me and says, Rebinish I told Power to let them go, and he knows something, he didn't let them go. So, so what would you say back? What would you say back to Moshe of the plan. What? The plan? That's part of the plan. So you say, say even better. What would you say? That was part of the plan. And, yeah, Moshe, that's what I told you. I told you it was going to happen. Right. That's what I told you. Moshe, do you remember? We were just talking about this. We were just talking about this ten minutes ago. I told you, Par is going to say no. I told you, he's not going to let them out yet. I told you, Moshe. What does Moshe say instead? He says, I made them all these promises. I made them guarantees too. Uh, I promised merit to marry And I've had to buy Mars Machpelah. And Yaakov had to buy a plot in Shechem. And Yitzchak got pushed around from well to well to well. Yeah, and they never complained. And you complain, my she- What's this whole sedre over here? This whole shtikel toira. Yibosham starts darshaning about the Oves and Haftokhes and Eretz Yisrael, just it like it is. What's the problem with Moshe? The problem is, Moshe, I'm guessing, you forgot what we were talking about? I told you this was going to happen. I told you explicitly. Okay. I said, I you, I I said, is, 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 was, were there any makas yet? Did anything happen yet? Uh, of course, Pyrrhus said, No, I told you he was going to say no. That's what we would say. That, that's the obvious answer. Instead, in the beginning of Eira, when uh, the Misha was upset, the Moshe's complaining, What's going on? What's going on? We get Shtuk Shtikloch over here. But the Ovis and Yisrael and Shmi Hashem and Avtachas, is, something is, is off. Something's very funny over here. Both Mitzat Moshe's Moshe's complaint, and Mitzad Akadosh Baruch answer. Why is Moshe complaining about something that he knew was going to happen? And what's the rebbeinu shalom? Not just getting straight to the point, saying, "Yeah, Moshe, I told you it's going to happen." This is very pragmatic. Let's leave this on the side for a moment. Let's shift sideways and ask another problem. There's another big problem on something that we, that's taken for granted in, in all these parishes, which is Paro, Paro, and Paro's relationship with God. Which it's true does seem to be non-existent. Lachaim, who's to a relationship with God? Everyone, Lachaim, 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 Lachaim. And um this battle, yes of ar you still il Nishmas, um Lana Bas Lana Chava Lana Bas Five, yes, thank you. Lana Chava Bas Five, Bas Five of the Nishamashav and Olio. Um <clears throat> anyone by the way is looking to sponsor battles for Mishmor, uh it can be in honor of anyone that you would like. Um okay, good. Um so yeah paro his relationship with the Rebunshel is not the best not the best and it's well known that his response to moshe when moshe comes and demands that he let the jews go and he says he has a message from god is also at the end of shemais which leads directly to the beginning of the arrow this is what god the jews the, the god of the jews says send my nation out so they can go make a party in the desert. your paru says Power back. Mi Hashem Who is this God? Who's Hashem that I should listen to Him? The Shalach Yisrael I don't know who Hashem is. The and I'm not going to send out the Jews. Who's this Hashem that you're talking about? Don't know Hashem. Don't recognize Hashem. Nothing to do with Hashem. Nothing to it. So paru is denying knowledge of me Hashem, he's denying the existence of Hashem, doesn't have to work with Hashem, doesn't have to humor Hashem because he doesn't, he never heard of this Hashem. (coughs) Okay, so pretty clear over here that total denial on the part of Paro of uh, any knowledge or existence of this deity of the Jews. Okay, that's on the one hand. On the other hand, Paro does seem to be not only um, cognizant of the Elokeia Ivrim, the God of the Jews, but he seems to be aware of how Hashem works and actively trying to sidestep Hashem and try to beat Hashem, so to speak, at Hashem's own game. And we have in Shemaish, same parsha, the beginning of the parsha, where Paru is told that the savior of Misha will be susceptible to water, and even before that, the savior of Moshe is going to be a boy. A boy will be born who will save the Yidden. So what does Paro do? Paro makes a decree that all the boys have to be thrown into the water. All boys have to be thrown into the water, into the Nile. And, yeah, there are two stages in this. The second one is where all the babies, the Jews and the Egyptians, are thrown into the water. In the first stage, only the Yidden, only the Jewish babies are thrown into the water. And Rashi, famously, one of the most well-known Rashi, says, why specifically was it water that was the method of infanticide that Paro chose? Why specifically water? Why is water where we're killing the Yiddin? So, so Rashi says that Paro had a cheshon like this. Paro said, Pyro was, 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 was clever. He was wise and he was clever. And he said, look, we're going to be killing all these baby Jews. We're going to get God angry. Hashem is not going to be so happy about that. We're not going to. Hashem's not going to be so thrilled we're killing all the <coughs> Jewish babies. Havan is chakmaloi. Let's kill the Jewish and babies with babies with impunity. Try to do it with impunity. Try to do it in a way that we can get away with it. How how we can get away with it? The Rebbei Shlaim always punishes mita kinegem mita. That we know that it's a mission and soita says Paro. It's a mission and soita, right? That the Hakadosh Baruch Hu b'mida sh'ada modat moedet kach moedet and loy something like that. Menashe the same the sasa. The, the same meat of the person that it's in from the, in, it's even in the Haftar, Pasha Shema, the Haftar that we read, that's where Chazal learned this from. Um, that that, that, that uh, a person gets paid back what they pay out, they get paid just desserts. Whatever, however, a person chooses to damage himself, and those are random, that's how he gets paid back from Hashem. The same measure, the same way that a person gets, that he, he commits atrocities, that's how he gets punished. So it says, I can't believe nobody thought of this, of this till now. Hashem always punishes me to connect I want to kill the Jews. I'm going to do it in a way that Hashem's hands will be tied behind his back. I'll kill them with water. And that's the one method that Hashem can't use to punish us because Hashem made a Shavua, made a promise, I'm never going to bring a mable, a flood against to the world. I'm not going to punish the world. Society, humanity with water. So, if I choose water to kill the babies with, then <clears throat> I'm going to beat Hashem in his own game. Hashem can't use water to punish us. We'll get away with it scot-free. is Chakvalah. Very wise and clever plan. Okay, so it didn't work. It didn't work. When well, Rashi points out, Pirah's mistake was, that the Shavu was, was, was uh, um, on a national level. No nation will have national um, destruction from floods. That's not true. It's only global destruction won't come through a flood, but a nation can be destroyed through a flood. It can still be tsunamis that can, you know, kill, uh, there's a quarter of a million people, right? That tsunami that happened, uh, when was it, 10 years ago? Uh, 2004. 2004, that's more than 10 years ago. It's a long time ago. Um, Just like that, right? A flood kills that, you know, whole countries got wiped out. So a country can be wiped out, but the whole world won't get wiped out through a flood. That was Paris' mistake. Okay, so Paris made a mistake. But that, that's not the point. The point is more that, um, I mean, if Pirate doesn't recognize the God of the Jews, he doesn't exist, why, why do you need to beat him his own game? Why do you need to figure out how to kill the, the, the Jewish babies with impunity in a way that God can't punish you back? If, if you you know, you're, your sheet is... Mi Hashem. Mi Hashem. Then why do you have to worry about to connect Midi? Why do you have to worry about Hashem altogether? Mita Midi, thats Hashem. That's not this God and that God and the other God. That's how Hashem works. But you don't recognize Hashem. You're not Goyus Hashem. You don't believe in Hashem. So make up your mind. You believe in Hashem. You don't believe in Hashem. So Par hedging his bets. bets. He's saying on the safe side, the, on the side that Hashem exists. Well, you know, I don't want to risk getting Hashem angry, so I'll I'll be choishish l'chumro for the existence of Hashem. I'll we'll go mita Midi. yeah, That's the, you know, that's not the p'shat Chazal. Chazal i going to say that Par is going It's clear from that Chazal the power is Goyus Hashem does believe in Hashem and has to work around Hashem. So what's going on A Paro says at the end of the because who is Hashem? Stam Shekhar? Again, the Torah is not going to record a line that's just total Shekhar. If he's saying it, that means there's some substance to that. So you have a pram with Paro, a pram with Moshe, a pram with Rebanshom's response to, to Moshe. W- what are we going to do with all these prams? So let's start with Paro. Let's start with Paro. Paru, yeah, believe in Hashem. Not believe in Hashem. Is there Hashem? Is there not Hashem? Does he say, or does he say, no, huh, there's a God we better worry about, we gotta worry about this God. He's gonna punish us. So we're gonna circumvent him, beat him at his own game and go with uh, water because that's how he works and he can't punish us. <laughs> Which one is it? Paruch, make up your mind. Make up your mind. So M is like this. Avada Paru believes in Hashem. He believes in God. He certainly believes in God. He believes in Elakei Ephraim. He believes that the Jews have a God, a God who protects them, a God who cares about them, a God who loves them, and a God who punishes. A God who punish people that that that, that um, kill innocent Jewish babies. He believes in all of the above. And that's evinced from the fact that Parra has to work around Hashem's Mida Kanegamida mahalach. It's clear. There's no two ways about it. To say otherwise would be krum. Para believes in the rebindish laylam. He believes that Akash Baruch will give comeuppance and punishment to anyone that kills these innocent Jewish baby boys and therefore it's his power, we better work around that, we better be prepared and circumvent that, preempt that in, a, in such a way that, that we're going to kill them in a way that Hashem can't punish us back, which was mistaken. Good. But he clearly believes in the Rebbein So what's going on when he says Mi HaShem HaShem Who is HaShem that I shall listen to his voice? He, he just told us he believes in Hashem to the degree that he has to work the terrorist is like this when we look at the Pasuk close, close up that Pasuk where Pyro professes to not believe in Hashem he's not saying that he doesn't believe in Hashem he's saying he doesn't believe and he, does, he denies a very specific aspect of Hashem there's an aspect of Hashem that he doesn't believe in, and said more specifically, a name of Hashem that he denies. A name of Hashem that he doesn't ah. believe in, and we can see this all together. This amazing rabbi say. "This is perakay pasik days. Perakay base. days. Bayomer paroi. says." Mi Hashem Asher Eshma B'Kolay. What's the Hashem that Paro says that I don't believe in? Mi Hashem Yudke Vavke. Mi Havaya Yudke Vavke. Who is this Yudke Vavke that I should listen to? Lo Yadati S. Yudke Vavke. Again, I don't know Yudke Vavke Havaya, and that's the name one puzzle earlier that Misha quotes and telling part of these guys in the Jews. Out. So says Havaya Eloke the God of the Jews. Not just Hashem, but Havai, Yudkei Vavkei. Shalach is Ami. Havai is telling you to send the Jews out. Paras says, Yudkei Vavkei. Me, me, Yudkei Vavkei. Who's this Yudkei Vavkei? Lo yadati. I don't know it. I don't recognize it. And this is really the Pesach to understanding what's going on in Paras' thought process and understanding, sifting out the, these double standards and these these... This seem only, almost this, this uh, split personality that power seems to have. Par does believe in Hashem, but it's Havai that he doesn't believe in. What's the Hashem that he does believe in? That's the Hashem that is revealed early in the parashah and the Hashem that we actually have all throughout Barathe, and that is Elohim. Elohim. As the Rishonim point out, The in general, the name of Hashem that we encounter through apparatus and in Klai you know, the, the beginning stages of Klai before we get up to Yitzhak's Rahim, that is Elohim. Elohim is always translated as Hashem, and Havai is translated as Hashem. We have at the beginning of Shemois, when things start to shift up in heaven, before Moshe sent, before he gives his message to Paro that he's got to send the Jews out, we don't yet have Havaya. We have this at the end of Perak Beis in Shemais When things begin to move in Shemayim, we're not yet holding by It says in the end of Perak Beis Gimel. The king of Mitzrayim died. Rashi says it really just means he became a Metzaira, and he is bathing in the blood of baby Jews they cried out. The Jews their cries went up to Elokim. Next puzzle. Elokim heard their cries. Elokim begins to remember the bris. Elokim sees the suffering of the Jews, and Elokim is. Uh, is, is a weird. Five times in three psokim we have Elokim. Elokim No less than five times in three psokim. and this is when things begin to move in Shemaim. Is Elokim is the end of Zayit uh, Benny. Zayit the end of Perek Base. The end of Perek Base. Perek Base pasuk Chav Five times we have the, the, um, the um, name of Hashem of Elohim. This is where things are holding before Moshe sent, before the message is given to the Jews. We're holding by Elohim. This is the God that is associated with Kala Yisrael. So to speak, the name, not the God, the name of Hashem. That is known, that's associated with Kleisol, and the name that's getting triggered, activated, shaken up, the name that sees what's happening, the name that's getting shaken up. When it comes time to say that it's emotion, it becomes suddenly Havayo, Yurkevavke. Vavke. Yurke vavke sends Moshe, Yurkevavke Vavke tells Moshe to present this name, Yurkevavke Vavke, to Paro, Havayo, and Paro says back, meet Yurkevavke. Vavke, who's Hashem lo es I don't know. It's Yudke that he doesn't know. And that's how you have to read the puzzle. That's where the emphasis is. Mi Hashem. Mi Havaya. Not Mi Hashem. Mi Hashem, the dog is being on this name specifically. Lo yadati es Havaya. Havaya I don't recognize. But he does recognize Elokim. Everyone knows about Elokim. What's Elokim? and what's Havaya? So you've actually seen, very briefly, you saw this a couple times, Shabbos morning, and in, in the, uh, when we have our Ramban excursions and explorations, the Ramban has already told us that Havai is a name of Hashem that Hashem uses to um, break the laws of nature. To break the laws of nature, to create ISIS and and Hashem just shakes nature up at its very core, messes around with all the laws of reality that we know. Water can turn into blood. Uh, Seas can split. Um, frogs can survive inside of ovens and can survive inside of human beings and all that and fire and ice can come down mixed together that's Havaya. Havaya is turning this world upside down inside out every which way and topsy-turvy that's Havaya. Elohim what's Elohim Elohim now this is something we haven't yet discussed Shabbos morning we talked about Kalshakai, and we've seen it a few times in the Ramban let's talk about Elohim Elohim is a associated. It's a name that's associated with with din, with punishment. But din is really a better word. Elohim is the manifestation of Hashem as a judge who meets out din, who meets out mishpat, who sentences, who meets out. Um, Din and Mishpat. And Din and Mishpat, sentencing and judging, is not just about suffering. It's also about reward. Reward and punishment. Elohim is about justice. It's about Mishpat. But said differently, Elohim is about rules. It's about rules. And when you're a judge, you have a rule book. When you have to pronounce a sentence, when you give mishpat, you have to play by certain rules. A referee, that's Midas Haddin, right? Midas Haddin, speak to any sports player. The referees, that's Midas Haddin, right? That's Midas Hadin. They're always in the wrong place at the wrong time. They're always, they're always favoring the other team. They're always very harsh on us, but, but they're playing by rules. They're playing by rules. Ultimately, a referee has to play by rules. He's a shofet. A shoyfeit who breaks rules is nishkain shoyfeit. Everybody understand that? A judge who breaks the rules is not a judge. Not a judge. He's a, he's, he's a grandpa. Now, grandpa is there to do what grandpas do. Grandpas break rules, right? Parents have rules. What are the parents' rules? That's oh, Someone knows what I'm talking about over here. Parents have all kinds of rules. Parents have rules of, you know, no junk food, no staying up late at night, no watching movies. On, 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 on Bobby's uh, smartphone, we don't let that kind of stuff, no, 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 no. The grandparents come in, there's no rules anymore, right? No rules. They can stay up as long as they want, they can eat whatever they want, they can watch whatever they want and the, the Baba's phone. That's it, there's no rules. That's, that's a Zayde, that's a Baba. there's no rules. And the parents have rules, but the, the, parents, the, the grandparents' job is there to break all the rules. Good, Givaldi. A shayfeet is all the bad rules. That's what a da'in is. That's what a shofet is. It's about rules that, that, that are required to keep for society to function. It needs to have rules. For a world to work, it has to have rules. That's the name of Elohim. Elohim is the system of rules that are required to keep the world going. Without rules, everything falls to pot. That's why you have to have a careful balance. Amal, you have the parents around. The parents are there to give rules. The grandparents are there to break the rules, right? If you have a kid... Only around his grandparents, so that's going to be disastrous for the kid because there's no, no, no rules, no discipline. The kid will grow up without any rules altogether. That's very bad, very, very destructive for a kid. But if a kid can't see that the rules can be broken once in a while, no, all right, that's also not so good for the kid. Parents are there to meet out rules, to give rules, discipline. That's good, but it's nice to have a balance where the Zadie and the Bubby can come in once in a while and, and flaunt all those rules. Elokim is a lashon of a shayfet. Elokim is a lashon of a dying. And din is not just about punishment. It's about a system of reward and punishment. It's about a system a system of rules. Rules that have to be kept, abided by, and rules that have to be enforced. This is the name of God that all of humanity has seen up until Yitzhias Mitzrayim. We've seen Hashem who plays by the rules. Yeah, there's a God. Of course there's a God. And of course he loves the Jews, but he, he plays by the rules. There's a rule book. There's a rule book. If the rules are met, then Hashem sends reward. If the rules are broken, Hashem sends punishment. So far, so good? Now, Paro, knowing that there's an Elohim, says, aha, I can beat the Jews at their own game. I can beat God at his own game. Because being that, he's an Elohim, ultimately, he's a judge who plays by rules, he can be held by his own rules. If I know those rules and I can exploit those rules, I can beat him in his own game. Like, you know, these coaches that are always trying to be one step ahead of the NFL. Always trying to figure out which rules to explain. Not how many rules, I don't know, you have to ask the Mumkum over here, but Elon, how many rules have been changed in football because clever coaches figured out how to exploit rules and manipulate the system? A A lot! Everyone heard that? A lot of rules. A lot of rules. We just heard it from Elon. Okay. Back to you, Dove Bear. No, not back to you. Anyway, not yet. anyway, so, so a lot of rules have been changed because coaches have figured out how to exploit this. But until they change those rules, they can exploit them, right? They can exploit them. I actually, one thing, I, 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 I read this once years ago, I don't even remember where, when I was a kid. I, you know when you're a kid, you have these books that have all these interesting factoids and you, some of them you can never get out of your head? So I had one of these books when I was a kid and I remember reading. It must have had a sports section or something. It said there was one coach back in the, if this was the 30s or the 40s or the 50s, that he read, uh, checked again and again and again, and he saw that there's no regulations about what the uniforms have to look like in the NFL. You can make uniforms look however you want it. So what did he do? Came to a game. I'm not making this up, I don't know where I read it, it was one of these like, you know, factoid books. So he came to a game, he designed uniforms for, uh, for his entire team, where they had, each, each member of the, the, the offensive team had sewn onto their shirt, onto their jersey, a football. They had a football sewn onto the front of their jersey, so when there was a play, nobody knew who caught the ball. Nobody who knew who really had the ball. Everyone was like going, "That's scrambling, trying to get to tackle this guy, tackle that guy." You saw footballs flying all over the place because everyone had a football stone onto the front of their jerseys. So they saw footballs everywhere. So they changed the rules that you're not allowed to have football stone onto the front of your jerseys anymore. They made the rules in such a way that they have to be uniform, uh, standardized, and uh, the NFL has to approve it, whatever the rule rule change was. But so this guy was one step ahead of the system. But the point is, until the rules changed. Anything goes. That's the rule. So if you know the rules well enough, you, you can beat the system. You can exploit those rules. Like lawyers. Like lawyers. That's right. Like lawyers. Okay. So, yes. Yes, that's right. Okay. You missed your cue, though. You're like five minutes too late on that one. But anyway. You yeah, said you changed your mind about going back. Though. All right, all right, all right. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. <laughs> L'chaim. 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 Right, L'chaim. That rabbi right is what Elohim is. Elohim rules. Parsis is like this. Of course, there's an Elohim, of course, there's a God. But he's a daim, he's a Shoifate, and he has a rulebook. And if I can figure out those rules, I can beat him. He has one of his rules, Mira Kanegamira. And that rule is a strength, but it's also weakness because he's bound by that rule. He's limited to that rule. Because if he doesn't play by the rulebook, he's not a shoifet anymore. He's not an Elohim. And he can't do that. If you're a Shoifate, if you're a daim, you've got to play by the rules. See, he's bound by this rule, it's a limitation. Daiyum din is milash and dai. There's limitations. You're in a box. You're in a box. He's in his own box, the box of his own design, and that's the box of me to connect a I got it. This is where Paro's is coming from in the beginning of Shemayis. Avadu there's an Elokim, but Elakim means a system of judgment, a system of din, a system of rules. And if I know those rules, I can exploit those rules. Says Moshe to Paro. Paro, I have a message for you. From someone else. Hashem, Havayo. Havayu. Ko amar Hashem. Do says Havayu. Shalach is a mi Paras Parses back, Mi Havayu. I know who Havayu is. Lo yadati is havaya. What's he denying? He's denying the shame Yurke What's Yurkei Vavkei? Yur Yurke is anything but rules, anything but a system, anything but in the backs. Yurkei is, by definition, out of the backs. Vavke is out of space, out of time. Hayo, hayve, not bound by space, not bound by matter, not bound by time, not bound by any boundary whatsoever. The Rebbeinu is mahava everything and can do whatever he wants. This is the name of Lamalim Teva, the name of breaking Teva, the name of all the Makkas. every single makkah which was an abeyance of Teva, abeyance of the laws of nature. It says maisha. Something else is about to come into town, uh, uh, Paro. Something's about to blow into town. It's not Elakim. It's Havaya. And get ready, Paro, because this is what's going to come bulldozing its way through Mitzrayim. You, Paro, are working with Elakim. You're working with Mita K'nege You're working with rules. There's something else that's coming into town. And to that, Paro says back, I never heard of this Havaya. I don't recognize Havaya. No one's heard of Havaya. Mm. And... Hashem may have abilities and manifestations like that, but that's up there in Himmel. Down here we only have Elohim. That's the denial of power. So it's it's actually quite a sophisticated exchange. Far from Paro just denying his recognition of Hashem, far from Paro just contradicting himself and having double standards, Paro does recognize Hashem, but to a degree. When it's convenient for him, or rather what he believes in Hashem, what's been revealed up to points to humanity, that's what he believes in. Anything beyond that doesn't exist. Elohim exists. Rules exist. I can work with that. Hava'ya that Hashem is, I'm going to start throwing his weight around and do things that, that break Tevin that doesn't exist. Hashem doesn't have such a system that's up there, not down here. Very nice, very gishmak. This is the dialogue and the exchange between Paro and Moshe, and this explains where is coming from the beginning, Shumai, so where is coming from the end, so there's no contradiction here at all. Different systems, different names. One Paro believes and subscribes to the other. He says, no, there's no such thing, there's no Havayah down here. There's no, Hashem doesn't work with his name called Havayah. I don't have to worry about Havayah. The only thing I have to about is, okay, and I have that system down already, I have that beaten. Now we shift sideways to Moshe. We shift sideways to Moshe. We began with a question on Moshe, which was, Moshe is told already from the onset by, by Hashem that you're going to go to Paro, you're going to demand, demand the Jews to be set free, and Par's not going to listen to you. He's not going to listen to you. He's not going to listen, not going to let the eden go until there's ten makkas. Until there's ten makkas. Moshe, indeed, goes to power and says, let the Eden go. Moshe says, no, I'm not letting them go. And he jacks things, the she put up a notch. Uh, nothing doing. do, not letting them go. Moshe comes back to Hashem, as we pointed out earlier, and says, you didn't save the Jews, you said you were going to save them. Hashem says, back to the office, and and. and, and it's and 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 Harbi if and we said it's a pella on both ends it's pella on Moshe Moshe was already told the Par is not going to listen so was he one from the rebbeinu And he was told this already he was told this what's he complaining about and why doesn't Hashem just say back Moshe I told this is what I told you the chabder goes up Par is not going to let them out I already told you this is going to happen what's going on over here such a pella so magna. what's this exchange the Territ says Rabbi Yisai. It's one more twist and one more variation on the problem that Paro himself was having. And here Moshe is experiencing a degree of the same difficulty. This is what Moshe is, is, is experiencing, and this is the lesson that Akash Baruch has to teach Moshe. And there's an element of Paro's misunderstanding going on by Moshe as well, Yes, an element of that going on by Moshe. And it begins actually with a question that Moshe asks the Rebbein himself during that seven-day that, that seven dialogue that he has with Hashem, during the whole negotiation process when Hashem is trying to give him the job and Moshe doesn't want the job. Hashem says to Moshe initially, go to the, go to Pharaoh, tell him, let the Jews out. So Moshe says back, Ba'eim Moshe alakim." This is para Gimel, Pasuk yud Aleph. Gimel yud Aleph. Moshe says to Elohim, Who am I to go to Paro? Mitzrayim. Who am I to go to Paro and to take the Yenad Mitzrayim? He's asking two questions, Rashi explains. He's asking one question, Who am I? Why am I worthy to be that person? Why am I? What makes me uh, a... a, a, a A yachzen over here. Well, it makes me a Machutin that I have the the yichus, the the ability to take the yidn out. Why why should I have that tzchus? How do I know I have that tzchus? To stand up to Paro. And the second question he's asking, he's asking Hashem, what tzchus do the Jews have to leave Mitzrayim? Who said the Jews are worthy of leaving Mitzrayim? How do I know the Jews are zayichet to leave Mitzrayim? You're sending me on a suicide mission, he's saying to HaKadosh Baruch you're sending me to ask the Rebaish to, to, to let the Jews out. Who says the Jews are Zeche to go out? Who says they have the merits and the credits and the Shoshim to go out? Who says they're to? This was Moshe's question to Paro. That's a to, to You're sending me on a kamikaze mission. It's doomed to failure. They're never going to get out because they're not Zeche to get out. So what's Hashem's answer? Hashem gives him an answer. What's his answer? You know what their Shoshim is? Next Pasek, you want to know what their schus is? Their is that when they get out of the time, they're going to be Makabal the Torah here at Harsin. They were standing on Harsinai. Meshu, when they get out, there's going to, there's going to be a massive and They're going to be Makabal the Torah right here. Right here, right now. They're going to be Makabal the Torah. That's their schus. You want to know what their schus is? This is their schus. Okay. We fast forward to the end of the parsha, and the beginning of this week's parsha. The end of Shemael the beginning of Eva. Something enormous happened halfway through Shemais. What? what was enormous to happen halfway through Shemais? Moshe demands an answer from Hashem as to what klaisos chus, chus is in leaving Mitzrayim. What's their chus? And Hashem answers him. But Moshe's thinking process is: they need a chus to get out. They're not going to get out of Mitzrayim without a chus. They need a chus to get out. Correct? Everybody with me? Yeah. Good. Then you're speaking on behalf of everyone. Good. It's clear that Moshe holds the Yidden need a schus; they need merits to get into the tribe. Clear? It's clear that way, as he says. And Hashem humors this: Hashem addresses Hashem. Yeah, yeah. You want a schus? The schus is they're going to be macabre of the Torah. I'm giving on credit because they're going to be macabre of the Torah. They are zayif; they have schus. Moshe goes to the yidden, to and says, "Let the yidin out." Not only Par doesn't let them out. But the avayda gets cranked up. Gets cranked up. Not only was already an impossible task, it got even more impossible. The impossible got more impossible. Not only are they supposed to make an undoable amount of bricks every single day, they have to gather up their own straw and then do the undoable. Moshe comes back to Hashem and says, I know you told me that has that they're going to get out, but I believe that they've lost that tzchus. I believe that whatever tzchus you told me that they had, that they were destined to be clearly lost it, because not only they're not out yet, things have gotten even worse. The shiva got worse. And yes, that's what is picking up on. But what that indicates to Moshe is whatever tz'chus you told me, they need to get out. They, 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 they don't have a tz'chus anymore. They're not holding by the mindset anymore of Kabbalah Satoi Because things got worse. I know you told me they have a tz'chus, but clearly they lost that tz'chus. That's why Maisha complains. He knows that Hashem told him the father's going to refuse. He knows that... Hashem told him eventually going to get out, but to the degree in much that Moshe demanded his schus, needs to see a schus. He says, chus, not going to get anymore." I only made things worse for them because they lost this chus to get out. They lost the schus to get out. What does Hashem say back to him, Moshe? The whole thing was a toast. I know that I answered your question, and your question was, "What's their schus?" And their schus was, will be that they're going to be macabre to Torah, but it's really more than that, Moshe. Really, there's no question to be going. The kasha heaps Doesn't even get off the ground. You ask me what's the to get out? They don't need a to get out. If I want them to get out, they're going to get out. And that's the opening of Avirah. That's what Avram entered That's if I only appeared in Kelshakai. I never appeared in Hawaii. And they understood that the Hawaii exists. They understood that whatever I say is good as gold is going to happen because I'm not bound by any rules. Moshe, if you asked, what's their schus in coming out, and you needed me to provide you with a schus, that means you're still working with what? On what level does Klayso need to have a schus to come out and does Hashem need to provide a schus? Elohim, a system of rules, a system of systemization, when you need to do something to get something. Moshe is working also with Elohim. And in working with Elohim, Moshe says, Look, what, what was this chusim coming at in the beginning of Eretz? Hashem is saying, "Ushmi havaya loy you You also forgot about this. You also overlooked this. They don't need chusim. Let, let them have lost all the chusim. Klaisol doesn't need a chusim to get out of Mitzrayim. That's what's revealed in the beginning of era. What an amazing idea, Rabbi Yisrael. We don't need chusim to get out of Mitzrayim. What, what gets us out of Mitzrayim? Because Hashem wants us out of Mitzrayim. Hashem loves us. Hashem cares about us. Hashem has a vested interest in Klaisol, even if we have no merits. Even if we have no crits, even if we have no schusim whatsoever, Hashem wants us out, we get out. That's what's revealed in the beginning of Aaron. That's what Hashem was so upset about. And we look back, what he, look how everything comes together so beautifully. When, the, when Moshe questions this and challenges this, and says, what's the schusen coming out? What does he say, everyone? Look, let's just see this. All together, peric gibble. Pasek yodav, when Moshe demands a schus, when Moshe wants to know, what's the schusen leaving? What, is, what does he ask? More importantly, who does he ask? Why Moshe El? Elohim. Moshe says to Elohim, he addresses Elokim. Mi anach hikielech ha'parev b'nei Yisrael He addresses Elohim. What's Kalei Soschuson getting at? And what does it mean that he's addressing Elohim? He's addressing a rebushim that has to work by rules, that plays with rules, plays by the rules, rules that if you don't meet those rules, then tackle. We can't enforce the rules. In the system of rules of Elohim, Klaiso needs a schus to get out. If they don't have a schus, they're not going to get out. That's his quandary. That's his his problem. His complaint. The other Shemais. Look, they clearly have lost their schus. The beginning of a era. Shemiyah vayel oni d'ati leh. there's a havaya. Klaiso can get out without any schusim. They don't need schusim. That's when you're working with Elohim. That's the mistake that you made. The same mistake that Paro made. Mi havaya she'eshma bekayloy. Hashem doesn't have to play by the rules. There's a higher level. A higher gilui. I revelation through Baisham that ultimately he loves the Jews, he has a vested interest in the Jews, he has a personal interest. Mm-hmm. In the in leaving they're going to leave without any schussum whatsoever, and that's what's going on in the beginning of the era. And everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you all for joining. Shabbos, Shabbos. And the Shabbos, even the Shabbos, the Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. No no no, <laughs> not this. <laughs> <not. laughs> yes, get me and Mauro Um we played before today. Yet that I them mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the skull And they, they and, and even out. even though it's like oh even though even though they they receive but uh, no, no, have really, they were my mentor Havaya, and they and they they worked with Havaya. So You should also be sure skull shark. In Hawaii. Shmi Hawaii, I made them have tohlas that require Hawaii. But they never saw, but they didn't challenge it. They didn't question it, they didn't bother. Shmi Hawaii, Lengadati. And you, i <laughs> about the only, like only? Do you know how to stop this? How do we stop this? How do we stop this?